Welcome to the Accidental Safety Pro podcast. We are here live at the NSC Congress and Expo floor. My name is Jill James, and today my guest is Debbie Herzman, the president and CEO of NSC. Thank you so much for being with us. It's great to be with you, Jill. So you and I are the same age <laughs> and both worked in government for a while. Um, me with OSHA, you with the NTSB. Uh, my work was sort of regional, yours was national, oftentimes a world stage. Did we ever think when we were little girls that uh, safety would be in our realm? <laughs> and I'm curious to know, what was your accidental path to get you to where you are today and where you came in? Yeah, so uh, like so many people, when I was in college and when I was growing up, I didn't even know there was a job, you know, a such thing as just safety. Yeah, and um, it really was by accident when I served as an intern on the Hill, then I went and I worked on Capitol Hill, mm -hmm. and my boss was a senior member of the Transportation Committee, and okay. so I ended up working on transportation safety legislation, mm -hmm. and I really saw through accident investigations and looking at best practices mm -hmm. and writing legislation, mm -hmm. directing agencies to do regulations, yeah. that you could really change things for the better. Yeah. Um, there was a train derailment, uh, actually a collision in my boss's district, and it resulted in the people on board actually burning to death because they could not get out of the train. There were train passengers, they couldn't open the exits to get out, mm -hmm. and the emergency responders could not break the windows to get in. Mm -hmm. And it resulted in writing legislation after the investigation, mm -hmm. understanding what happened, mm -hmm. that changed how many emergency exits have to be, how they're marked from the outside so people can get in, mm -hmm. and how they're, they have to be easy to open. Mm -hmm. And seeing that is really that example to me that yeah. safety is something that can change people's lives. And most of the time, people don't know it. That's they right. don't understand what's happening yeah. or what has been done to make them safer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But it was really the beginning of a journey for mm -hmm. me that then yeah. on the legislative side and then to the NTSB and now at the NSC, mm -hmm. um, it's been awesome. Mm -hmm. I've gotten an education in safety my mm -hmm. whole career. Yeah. And so when you, did you have a hand in that legislation early on? I, I did. The yeah. train actually had originated in my boss's district, mm -hmm. and he was uh, the senior member of the railroad subcommittee. And mm -hmm. so I had an opportunity to yeah. work yeah. with the NTSB investigators, mm -hmm. and that's where I really learned about NTSB. That's wonderful. Yeah. It reminds me a little bit of Frances Perkins' story, the, the labor secretary, and how she you know, was observing what was happening at the Triangle Shirtwaist fire. And then I, I often think of her as being sort of the, the mother of um, egress and emergency lights and exits and things because of what she observed and then what came after that. And so maybe similar with you when we're when we're riding in trains and we think back to our roots and, and how we had a hand on changing that arc. That's yes. pretty fabulous. That's yes. pretty fabulous. And you know, I think safety professionals probably pay attention to things that most people don't. Right? And so I am no fun to go on a vacation with <laughs> or a trip with. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm yeah. always telling my kids, okay you know, this is how we're going to get out if something happens. Mm -hmm. And this is, you know, mm -hmm. uh, if we're on a boat that has a canopy, I'm like, just swim away from the boat. Don't worry about us, you know, just yep. get clear of the boat. Yep. And so pretty much nobody wants to go and do vacation with me because I'm always like, we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. I am so thrilled to hear that because it validates how I walk through the world. And I wanted to yeah. know the same thing about you, particularly with transportation. Um, just on my flight over, 
my my plane had to do like a hard restart, like shut the computer down, like unplug and plug it back in yeah. again, see if everything works. And so my safety eyes were paying attention to the exit lights that came on in the plane. You know, you, you walk through the world differently. And I noticed that every other emergency light came on and I thought, I wonder if that's normal or I wonder if we need to talk about that. Like are half the emergency yeah. lights out or not? You know, yeah. I wasn't sure, but same thing and same thing with my kid as well. And we talk about situational awareness a lot and knowing our exits and do you have them accounted for? And so I'm happy to hear you do this. You do the same. And it's even just writing, wearing the right attire right? sometimes, you know, we're at the biggest annual safety show and mm-hmm. surrounded by a lot of PPE and mm-hmm. other stuff, but I've got three teenage uh, kids and, you know, a riding mower. And I think about how you have to have the right equipment. You have mm-hmm. to have the right protection mm-hmm. um, all the time, no mm-hmm. matter what you're mm-hmm. doing, because mm-hmm. there are risks. And um, mm-hmm. it just makes me crazy in the neighborhood when I see people, mm-hmm. you know, out mowing the yard in flip-flops or something. And um, I think people just don't know sometimes. And right. And they make put- an assumption. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, and then they're in a risky and unsafe situation. Yeah. And so... Um, yeah just not not disabling things that are supposed to protect you and I think a lot of times people see some of those safety protections as a nuisance and they try to work around them and we understand that the reason why Mm -hmm. those are there because people have either gotten hurt or they've Mm -hmm. gotten killed Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and our job is to continually continually educate though sometimes people are like how can you just stop me (laughs) my son calls me worst case scenario mom mom not everything is a worst case scenario I'm like except I've seen it (laughs) so yes I can I I know that so in terms of uh, safety cliches You've been at this a long time. I've been at this a long time. Which safety cliches kind of get under your skin? Like you're just sort of you're weary of hearing them. I don't know. Tell me about tell me about what years. Uh, are. But that's uh, that's the uh, that's the way we've been doing it for thirty years and nothing's yeah. happened. Yeah. Like that one comes up all the time. Or um, it's just a ten second job. I'm yeah. only going to be there for just a few seconds. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I would say. The one that worries me the most mm-hmm. is we're a very safe operation or yeah. we have a great or we have a great record because yeah. unfortunately some of the worst things that I saw um, when I was at the NTSB for 10 years mm-hmm. were things where organizations had just received an award mm-hmm. for having a, a great safety culture or having a great record and yeah. then something happened and I would say that um, that is just so devastating mm-hmm. for any organization, but mm-hmm. I think especially when organizations think they have, you know, achieved something uh, yeah. that then they can let their guard down. And I think for so many of us, we have to recognize that safety is a journey. There is no one right. destination for mm-hmm. us to arrive at once and for all. Or one way to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. And you've got, and there's always going to be new hazards. Mm-hmm. The world evolves, your employees, your workforce evolves. Mm-hmm. Um, and so mm-hmm. just understanding that you've got to continue to be vigilant and, and not let your guard down. So NSC has a new mission, right? Mm-hmm. El- eliminating, eliminating de- deaths in our lifetime. Yes. Is that what it is? Eliminating preventable deaths. Yes. In our lifetime. Yeah. So tell me more about that. So what, um, what is that about, and how are you how are you um, supporting safety professionals in that effort? Absolutely. So many many organizations really um, make an effort to try to work to zero fatalities. Right. Um, they want all of their employees to go home safely, mm-hmm. uh, and at the end of the day, we are at the National Safety Council, kind of just a larger manifestation of that. Mm-hmm. And so when we say we want to get to zero 
preventable deaths in our lifetime, that seems like a really audacious goal. We right. have over 5,000 workplace fatalities in the U.S. every mm-hmm. year, almost mm-hmm. 40,000 fatalities on the road. Yeah. But what we really want people to understand is we don't, we don't need anyone to worry about the big number. We're going to worry about the big number. We mm-hmm. just want people to worry about their number. number. We want mm-hmm. them to worry about if it's motor vehicle fatalities, worry about your family mm-hmm. um, because you want that number to be zero. Right. If it's workplace fatalities, worry about your company. Mm-hmm. And if you work in a really big company and that mm-hmm. seems too hard for you, worry about your, your yeah, site yeah. or your team right. because you want that number to be zero. Mm-hmm. And if everybody can achieve that mindset of how mm-hmm. to eliminate those preventable deaths, wherever they occur, mm-hmm. but focus on the small number, then we'll get to that big mm-hmm. number. But mm-hmm. um, I think that the biggest challenge that we have is really overcoming that where people feel like we can't we can't achieve these gains, mm-hmm. but we know we can, we can. in aviation mm-hmm. um, until the Southwest incident that involved um, the passenger being partially ejected. Yes. Um, we had gone for nine years in aviation without a U.S. domestic carrier fatality. It's possible. It is yeah, possible. Yeah, it is possible. Even if it's even if it's for a day or a week yeah. or a month, mm-hmm. you know, or a year or multiple mm-hmm. years, that's mm-hmm. that's where we want to drive it. But mm-hmm. really helping people to understand, we know how to do the right interventions. Mm-hmm. It's hard. It is. It's hard. Yeah. But we, we can do this using data, using best practices. Mm-hmm. We know we can address And the engineering this. control methods. You were pointing out yesterday in the opening session about the traffic fatalities just in the Houston area where we are right now and how many years it's been. You can compare and contrast that to aviation, like you're saying, and we know it's possible in one industry, and we know we can do it yeah. in the next with the right applications. That's right, and I, we're here in Houston, and Texas has not been a day without a fatality on their roadways since 2000. Um, my oldest, it's just amazing. Yeah, my oldest son was born in 2000, and I just took him to college, and I think every single yeah. day for his life, there's been someone in Texas that's died. Yeah. And, you know, how do we start? How do mm-hmm. we start with a city, you know, mm-hmm. or a state, mm-hmm. you know, and then mm-hmm. the country? Mm-hmm. Um, we've we've had some states that have gone a month without having a fatality on their roadways. And really? So, yeah, so we've got to celebrate those yeah, wins. Yeah, we do. And I don't think we talk sometimes about how many days that we've had mm-hmm. where we haven't lost somebody mm-hmm. and you know I think how many workers we often talk about how many days it's been since we've had a reportable injury, injury. Right. but what about how many days that it's been that we've sent somebody home safe or how many workers yeah. have avoided an injury because of the things that people have mm-hmm. put into place mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you're right we don't have enough of those celebrations yeah because our 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 world is only when things go bad and the rest no. of the time, safety is just kind of that nuisance, that coasting kind of thing. And there aren't enough celebrations. So I'm with you to be celebrating celebrating the successes more so that we know that we're making a difference. And maybe that helps safety professionals have a bigger yes. voice at their table, yeah. um, wherever it is they are. I'm curious to know about temporary worker safety. And um, is there anything the NSC is working on right now that can support safety professionals or that safety professionals should know about when they're trying to do what they can at their workplaces for temporary workers, which have such alarming rates of injury and death on the job? Yeah, so clearly you track the statistics and you know that that cohort is really at risk. And it's at risk for a lot of different reasons. Mm -hmm. A lot of times companies might be contracting out some of the work that's most dangerous. Mm -hmm. Um, But you also are getting people who are coming onto your work site 
English may not be their first language. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There may be a lack of basic training in certain yeah. areas. And so the National Safety Council actually several years ago looked at this and we said, what can we do to try to advance best practices? Yeah. And we actually worked with the American Staffing Association to create a program so that staffing companies mm-hmm. can go through a process to see what OSHA best practices are and what industry best practices are okay. and say, what's that handshake that occurs between right. the temporary uh, employees, their their association, their company, mm-hmm. and then the host company. Mm-hmm. What needs to take place? Who's responsible for training? Mm-hmm. Where can mm-hmm. you find information? Who do you talk to mm-hmm. if you have a question? Um, yeah. You know, who's responsible for each part of that? So yeah. it's oftentimes in anything that we do, mm-hmm. the handoffs, the shift changes, those things is when it is where where things get lost. Yes, it right? gets messy. Yeah. Yeah. So you're making assumptions. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe sometimes you're thinking, oh, they'll indoctrinate them or they'll train them when they get on the site, or maybe they're and thinking the you other, did it. Yeah. yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, mm-hmm. so we have this program, and it is really great because it allows companies to say, this is what we're going to be responsible for, this is what you're responsible for, and this is how we both protect those workers. Because Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, the host company doesn't want something to happen on their site. That's right. And the the contract uh, employer, the the staffing Mm -hmm. association, Mm -hmm. they don't want Mm -hmm. something to happen to their worker, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. so they want to be able to continue Mm -hmm. to deploy them Mm -hmm. as needed. But you've got to have that right fit. You do. And and that's one way. But there's a lot of Mm -hmm. ways that that we can all make a difference. Mm -hmm. But that's Mm -hmm. one way that Mm -hmm. the National Safety Council said at a national level, how do we institutionalize Mm -hmm. some of the national best practices? And working working with an association was the way to reach multiple companies. So say the name of the program again so people listening can know where they can go. Yeah, so the American Staffing Association and the NSC have a certification program and it's really a safety standard of excellence. Yeah. Okay. And so it's how do you how do you identify best practices yeah. and and it you go through an audit mm-hmm. and you, and you learn some of that. Mm-hmm. But well, that um, can be really empowering to the employer. Yeah. Um, who's hiring the staffing agency when they're vetting if they have an opportunity to vet who they're going to contract with? Maybe someone who's willing to work with them or has gone through it on the other side as well. And that's what we really want is to create Mm -hmm. that as a differentiator to say, if you are trying to look at companies Mm -hmm. and many times you're putting out bids and you're looking for things, you want a safe company to come on your property. You Mm -hmm. want somebody who's using best practices. Mm -hmm. And so that can be a differentiator. Mm -hmm. And if enough host companies are saying, we Mm -hmm. want you to have this before you even come on site, yeah. Then that gets the whole industry to lift up. Lift up, that's right. And many times mm-hmm. it's host employers that mm-hmm. are setting the standards. Yeah. And so understanding that that's out there mm-hmm. is important. Very good. I think our listeners might be interested to know, what's the relationship like between NSC and OSHA? Um, you have an alliance together, I believe. Yes. But I think the safety professionals might just be interested to know, like, how does that work and what's the relationship like right now and how does that help the profession? Yeah, so this is a a great thing. We have an alliance with NIOSH. We have an alliance with OSHA. And what this Mm -hmm. really means is that we will work together cooperatively, Mm -hmm. you know, when it makes sense for us to do that, Mm -hmm. sharing each other's information. So, Mm -hmm. for example, OSHA campaigns like Safe and Sound, uh, Trenching Safety, they may have Mm -hmm. 
pushes at different points in mm-hmm. time where they're trying to get more information Through a national out. emphasis program. Okay. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so we'll work closely with them. We have 15,000 member companies. And so our reach, yeah. you know, is able to be a force multiplier for mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. We can um, we can also use their excellent resources. And sometimes mm-hmm. when new regulations come out, mm-hmm. we're really looking to OSHA to help our companies understand yeah. What to do? We've yeah. had webinars to talk about some of those changes okay. where they uh, speak to the companies mm-hmm. and are able to ask them, uh, you know, answer questions directly. Yeah. And so it's been a great process. But I'd say right now one of the biggest challenges that we see they don't have an administrator. Uh, exactly. In OSHA, and I, know, I keep checking the org you know, chart. <laughs> yeah, we. Like yeah, we're two. You know, mm-hmm. twenty two years. In at this point, yeah. and um, Scott Mugno has been nominated, but his mm. nomination is sitting mm. um, in the Senate and waiting for confirmation. Yeah. And so I think that that's really hard. And then looking at inspector uh, vacancies yes. and seeing at OSHA that they really need to fill those. Those are yeah. critical positions. And so, yeah. you know, our alliance is fantastic. It, it allows us to have a deeper mm-hmm. communication with them, deeper connections. They attend our events and yeah. are, we're able to spread the message mm-hmm. and make sure that we're giving out good information to support mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. But we also recognize that they've got to be staffed appropriately, right. whether it's inspection programs or the VPP program mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or other things that we might yeah. work together on. Yeah. They need the resources yeah. to do it. And so we will actually even advocate for full funding for OSHA through, yeah. you know, writing letters sure. to Congress and say, make sure they get their budget. Because um, mm-hmm. we need it. Yes. And, yeah, we and, need you it. Know, it's important. What yeah. what we have here and what we have is our member companies mm-hmm. are companies that want to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Companies that are mm-hmm. committed not just to meeting the regulation, but exceeding it. Yeah. They're they're generally going above and beyond. Um, and so and it's wonderful when that happens. And yeah. 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 So you were talking about staffing levels earlier about OSHA, but staffing in safety in general is something that I feel a shift in um, with retirements that are happening from um, uh, many of the the people who started out in the profession. My mentors were all men from the military years yeah. ago. And we're seeing we're seeing this shift change, but we're also seeing um, like more and more people who don't have backgrounds in training in safety who are doing the work, and they're good at it, but they're often like like overwhelmed. Safety professionals yeah. are overwhelmed, or the people who get the jobs like how how they can get educated, how they can learn more. And events like this can do that. Um, what other resources are out there for people who are just getting started? and really want um, help on um, educating themselves on safety. What does the NSC have together, have for people just getting started? So I'd say one of the things that I've heard so often is um, when somebody is the accidental safety professional, you know, they they might be in a different group or team Mm -hmm. and they also get assigned safety responsibilities. I was just speaking with someone who's retired um, but was here this week Mm -hmm. and is part of the Campbell World Class team. Mm -hmm. And they um, said when they were assigned safety responsibilities, one of the first things that they did was come to an NSC Congress and Expo and Mm -hmm. be able to network and meet with so many other people and they yeah. said some folks just really took them under their wing yeah. and just adopted them yeah. but I will say we are facing kind of a, a cliff when yeah. we see a lot of experienced safety mm-hmm. professionals the ones mm-hmm. that are the mentors yeah. retiring and yeah. that's what and, I'm feeling right now yeah yeah for mm-hmm. sure and um, and th- and that is that is a challenge for mm-hmm. us as a profession yeah. but I think it's also an opportunity because we see 
safety being, again, distributed in other spaces. And when we talk about things like the opioid crisis, it's about working with HR professionals that may be responsible for the EAP programs and may also mm-hmm. be responsible for what, it, what, what are the health care benefits mm-hmm. that allow someone mm-hmm. to get into treatment mm-hmm. and recovery. So mm-hmm. understanding that as we start to deal with some of the big issues that in the past were seen as just the safety mm-hmm. issues, mm-hmm. some of the latent issues or some of the contributing issues mm-hmm. are not just within the safety, safety team realm. and right. having to work with other parts of the organization, yeah. but we know a lot of HR professionals are accidental safety they leaders absolutely, too. Absolutely and are, so, and they're, they're, they're scrambling and trying to, like, they have so many other things to do, and we're trying yeah. to teach them along the way as well. Yeah. Um, and what about women in our in our um, practice I, I look at it as a stem practice mm-hmm. and um, what can what can we do and what are you seeing um, with by way of encouraging more women into into the field so it's a fantastic uh, opportunity for women I would say I'm sure you agree with me yes um, I think it was to my benefit actually being one of the few women yeah. in transportation mm-hmm. and being one of the few women's in the safety arena mm-hmm. I think I got so much support from my male mentors yeah. and male colleagues. They, they really lifted me up. Yeah. Um, so I, I felt like I had every advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not the same for, for everyone out right. there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. when I came to the council, we actually established a women's caucus. It's part of our divisions. Okay. And so a lot of women are part of different divisions, whether it's transportation or construction or business yes. and industry. But we also said it would be great to have a place where women can come together. They focus on um, mentoring. They focus Mm -hmm. on professional Mm -hmm. development. Mm -hmm. They look at opportunities. And so as an example, we've said, even on our board, I've said we want to recruit more women onto the board of the National Mm -hmm. Safety Council. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times that means you've got to think about how do you help people advance through that process? How do you give them speaking opportunities at events? Um, As an example, we had someone who was probably a little bit younger Mm -hmm. speak at an event yesterday Mm -hmm. than than probably we would have had, but it was a woman that had an opportunity that she she probably wouldn't have Mm -hmm. received. And Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times you have to think about how do you give people opportunities? And I know that that made all the difference in the world to, to me yeah. when people said, you yeah. need to do this. Mm-hmm. And I know I looked sometimes mm-hmm. in the mirror and said, I don't know if I'm ready for this. And, <laughs> Same. Yes. and there were a lot of yes. people that said, no, you're ready and mm-hmm. you should do this. And mm-hmm. I think, um, mm-hmm. you know, especially for the men out there, yeah. you know, really encouraging the women mm-hmm. to, to try something new. And yeah. I think women are very often anxious about, failure. They yeah. don't want to let you down. They don't want to disappoint the team. And so they won't mm-hmm. raise their hand to do something mm-hmm. until they know they can nail it. It's it's so true. And, Even asking women to be part of this podcast, and it's with absolute diligence that I have equal representation of males yeah. and females of, throughout, of, throughout the country on the podcast. And when I'm making an ask of a female, more often than not, they want to know a lot more about what I'm going to ask, what are we going to talk about. I don't want to get stumped up like wanting to make sure they know everything they possibly can and yes. like we're just going to have a conversation it's yes. okay yeah. um and so yeah i think we can we can certainly as as females be mentoring um yes. i i know that i personally mentor a couple of, of of women who are younger and you know had to ask myself at a point in time am i a mentor now you yes. know i've reached yes. this part of my career like can i do that like yeah. Is that is that like do I know enough to mentor someone? And, but it is really creating opportunities and speaking to experience. And um, but you know what, yeah. mentorship comes in all 
all forms. And mm-hmm. I think you don't have to be senior in an organization. Yeah. You don't have That's to. True. You don't have to be uh, close <clears throat> to retirement to yeah. be a mentor. Mm-hmm. I, I've very often been mentored by people who report to me, mm-hmm. and I mm-hmm. think um, you know we mm-hmm. always have to recognize yeah. that we can learn from yeah. from other people. Yeah. Um, it's. Um, People have different life experiences. They have different backgrounds. They have different technical experiences. They have, you know, their educational backgrounds um, can be very diverse. And I think recognizing that, um, and I and I do think young people feel a lot more empowered probably than we did when we were junior. I would agree. I to think, speak up. Yes, exactly. I think our millennials. I have learned yes. so much from the millennial yes. generation. You know, I I remember walking into a job early on thinking, oh, man, the entire department is millennials, and then there's me. How's this going to go? And I was, like, immediately blown away by their boldness, their expertise, their wisdom. And I was going to them, and I'm like, this is just so so great what they're doing now. I think they are very bold, Mm -hmm. and I think that that can be... In a good um, way. Yes, and I think that can Mm -hmm. be um, a challenge sometimes culturally, culturally when you have different generations in the Mm -hmm. workplace Um, but I think Mm -hmm. if you get to the point where you really embrace that opportunity they Mm -hmm. they can help you up your game in a way that you know you really you you really (laughs) don't know you need to right (laughs) absolutely so with with the with the conference and expo what do you look most forward what do you look what's your favorite thing or what do you look most forward to doing when you're here being part of well, I love to talk to people who are in mm-hmm. the profession. And so just walking the show floor and getting to meet people mm-hmm. and hearing about their experiences. Mm-hmm. But the speakers are so great. I was yeah. just at Corey Pitzer's uh, opening mm-hmm. this morning, his talk. And, you know, I was taking pictures with my phone of his slides <laughs> because I, there's, you were learning. You know, there's so mm-hmm. much to learn. And mm-hmm. I was like, that's what is so awesome about this profession. It is is the knowledge is improprietary, the mm-hmm. technology, the sharing, the systems, the processes, yeah. you know, even the catchphrases and the way that people are advocating for safety, they're always willing to share it. Yeah. And um, I just feel like it's, it's, it's a fantastic, welcoming, inclusive profession. Mm-hmm. And Agreed. you learn, you, you're, you get to be a lifelong learner. Mm-hmm. And I think whatever's going on in society, whether it's cell phones or fatigue or whatever, you get to experience it Mm -hmm. in the safety profession. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of what you learn Mm -hmm. isn't just about what you do on the job, but you can take it home with you too. That's right. We can apply it. We can apply it. And you're so right about it not being proprietary. And we're such a small cohort. So many of us even know one another, someone who knows someone. And we're so willing to share. And I think that's one of the exciting pieces of, of this career path, should people choose to do it, is that there's always going to be helpers and to to be able to support one another absolutely yeah so thank you so much for being with us today this has been so so nice thanks for sharing your story and thanks for making the time to be on the accidental safety pro people will love this well thank you so much i'm definitely one of those accidental safety (laughs) professionals and i think like that robert frost poem you know there's a path in the woods yes and yes and i picked the one less traveled and it has made all the difference for me and i hope that there's Mm -hmm. there's other people who get into this profession and love it as much as i do wonderful thank you so much thank Thank you Um, If you'd like to join the Accidental Safety Pro and follow along with us, you can do that on the podcast player of your choosing. And if you'd like to reach out to us, you can email us at social at vividlearningsystems.com. Thank you for listening and thank you for the work that you do to send your workers home safe every day.